Dirt Reporters podcast for the week of June 21st. And I think that's the first day of summer, right, guys? Uh, so happy summertime to everybody. I know we've had some high temperatures and stuff like that. But it is officially summer. I'm Derek Kessinger alongside these three gurus of reporters of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. Guys, we, we are all over the country this weekend. We are all at races uh kevin kovac though ricky thornton jr i mean we have to start the show off with him even though he's so good lately he's just kind of quiet when he wins because he's been so dominant here especially in lucas oil action but fifty thousand dollar payday got by furry there uh kind of was in control there the last half of that race but a lot different racing surface as well there on saturday but this was his first talk about rtj 50 grand richer he's he's on cloud nine right now yeah, I mean, yeah, he finally got that 50 grand win for this season. Uh, he had that one taken away, obviously, uh, the show me uh, because of the penalty for the for the droop rule, which when he pulled up into the, the inspection area after the race on uh, Saturday night, you could see everyone. All right, come on. This better not be messed up. And I, th- I think they're they're making sure they leave some uh, extra uh, leeway there. But I mean, I, and I also saw Rick Schwally from the Luke Solo Series director. Uh, he was uh, he was sort of hoping that everything went smoothly, and, and it did. Uh, but Ricky Thornton is so good right now that it didn't even matter what kind of track uh, that they had this weekend, uh, this past weekend. Friday night for the Twin Thirty semi features. I mean, it was it was a bad night. I mean, everybody would admit that it, it was not the way things were supposed to go. Um, Roger Sellers, uh, the the Smoky Mountain owner. And, and his track crew, I mean, Roger admitted after the ra- you know, after Saturday night's race when I talked to him that they met, they messed up the, 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 the little, the formula for Friday night. They really, they tried too hard to make sure that track was good. Uh, they'd seen it. I mean, they'd seen the last few Lucas oil races, the show me 100 rough uh, and, and heavy, the, uh, the dust and, and uh, the, the, un- the, bad conditions at West Virginia. And then they also saw Eldora rubber up. Uh, so it'd been a bad few weeks here for dirt late model racing in general, not just the Lucas oil series with surfaces. And, and, uh, and I, I, you know that Roger Sellers did not want that to happen with his track. He said that they opened it up uh, earlier in the week and they really put the water to it and they, they did too much and it became really, really was, rough and uh, choppy. What was everybody's reaction on that Friday when it took them like three hours to run two features? I'm sure uh, it, was, it was uh, bad. some words to you. You probably heard some words to the track officials and probably to Rick Schwally as well. Well, I mean, Rick Schwally, he pulled up to me during a red flag in the uh, when, when Trevor Landrum flipped uh, over in, in a little tangle in turn four uh, in one of the semi-features, and Schwally rolled over to me on his golf cart, and he said to me, uh, I figured I'd just come over here and, and uh, bring the lightning to you too, because the lightning will hit you when it hits me, because everything's going wrong for uh, for me as a director. And, and it was, I mean, he was uh, another bad night, and and that was the whole general atmosphere of everyone when they're sitting there waiting that they'd had to scrap the heat races for Friday, because the track just was not in, in, in shape. It was this man, they were, and they had to work on it again after qualifying. Uh, so it was like another hour long thing. And I mean, they didn't even start those first of the two, uh, three, uh, three lappers until quarter to 10 uh, and ended at 1130. The two races, I mean, they at 1130 had ended. The only racing that actual racing on the track was those two races and a five lap street stock dash earlier in the night. So that, that was not the way the program was supposed to go. And uh, and I, you could just feel everyone was so run down into the, 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 
the feeling there was just the, the the outlooks of everyone was really bad because it late model racing had been through it. I mean, they have, nobody wanted to see another uh, Eldora, the way that was a rubbered up track for 60 laps was such a big stage. And the Lucas races lately have been, uh, have been struggling with surfaces and, and not going smoothly. And, and everybody was beaten down. Uh, and fortunately they got under control. Yeah, they Saturday came in Roger Sells, Oh, I mean, Saturday, they came in, they did the work on the racetrack and, and it ended up being, it never rubbered. Uh, it stayed smooth and it was much, much better, uh, much, much better. Everybody, you could feel the, the kind of a weight lifted off everybody's shoulders and the top and the guy who just was like, unbelievable though, was Ricky Thornton jr. He goes on that rough track. He passes Kyle Strickler for the lead and for in a 30 lapper wins that comes back the next night, passes Chris Ferguson on the smoother track. I mean, he just, when he came off a of two to take the lead from Ferguson, I, it looked like it was Ricky like- was just shot out of a can- cannon. Right. I mean, if, did you watch any of the Ernie highlights of that, Derek? <laughs> yeah, it was like he just wanted to go. He took it and, and then he won by nearly half a lap. There wasn't another caution yeah, after he took the lead in, you know, lap 20 something. And uh, I mean, it was nearly a half. It's probably the, one of the biggest margins of victory, probably in Lucas Oil since remember the Kyle Larson all tech race when that was what that was about over a half a lap, I think. Right. Uh, during speed weeks, that was well, last year, I believe. And uh, I mean, that was the. He 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 spanked him good. That's how good he is right now. I mean that everything's clicking with Ricky Thornton and that team. Yeah, it was Saturday was impressive. You had Huddy come from seventh to second. A lot of different lines there. It may took a couple laps to get by somebody, but you definitely could if your car was right pass and make some moves. So kudos to the Sellers family and the track staff to get it better. I know it was probably a lot of pressure going into the weekend with the new reconfiguration, like you said, Kovac. So uh, good job, Ricky Thornton yeah. Jr. I'll come back to you about another Lucas Oil question here in a bit. But, uh, I mean, Robert Holman, Summer Nationals, it could be back. I know that people were complaining, like, who's going to run the whole thing. But I think kind of Sam making this announcement with the weekly points is kind of accepting the fact is, hey, we're just going to try to draw cars in each and every week. The Outlaws were off, so you had a lot of those guys run early in the week. And then you had Shepard and Pierce come in Friday and Saturday as well as Gordy Gundaker. But 55 cars at Fairbury, they averaged well over 40 throughout the entire week. Like, pretty good racing. Uh, obviously, uh, Friday, Pierce had to make a move on Frankie. Saturday, had to make a move on Bab. I think all in all, like, you couldn't ask for a better first week from Sam Driggers and company, could you? I mean, maybe getting done 10 minutes earlier, but all it was it was good. It was great. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely a, a great start for the for the series in general. You know, I don't like you said. I don't think you could ask for a better start. Uh, obviously, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, knowing that a lot of those guys that were in that first week aren't going to be there the second week, and that's kind of uh, you know, no one's penalized because of it. No one gains anything because of it. So, you know, based on this new points, the way the points are distributed, the way the money is distributed. So, you know, I think that over the years, I guess, you know, this, I don't want to say that the summer nationals had got watered down. Uh, I do think the COVID year was terrible, obviously, with the way it was split up and stuff. That was a horrible situation and just terrible planning in general. But they did what they could do and, and went on about their business. But uh, I think that that the way that the, the series had gone with, with its – with its prime players, with its prime drivers kind of graduating, if you, you know, if that's a good word to, to the world of outlaws and to 
other tours, uh, basically the stars of the series that we've kind of grown to, to uh, know as following points, they weren't racing the whole thing anymore. And so it had kind of got to the end of like, who's going to make it to the end of this thing? And that's, that's always been the draw, who's going to make it to the end. But there was always those three or four guys who, you know, were battling for points, you know, through the years that were, were going to go all the way to the end. And, and it just wasn't like that anymore. And so I think that they realized it and they looked at it and said, what can we do to make this more interesting? What can we do to reward the guys? Cause there was no, there was no, if you're not, if you know, you're not going to go to the end, then there was no higher reward for coming out and racing all week. You know, you might come out and try to make some money or race or two or, or so, but there was no, you know, big reward for, for a guy like a Brian Shirley to come out and race all five nights, you know, like uh, a Pierce only ran two. Well, you have to have perfect attendance to win that extra $10,000 that Brian Shirley won. So, so the way the points and stuff were broken up and the way the pay structure is now, it rewarded guys for staying five nights in a row six nights in a row, however long the week is at whatever that determination is. So, yeah, I mean, they, I don't think it could have been better. The weather was absolutely great as well. How, how, I mean, there was one night, I swear it's the coldest summer nationals night I've ever been on, uh, there at Kankakee. It was, uh, like it in the windy. low, it was in the fifties. Uh, when I left the track, uh, at Kankakee, it was, uh, uh, like I, I was about 30 minutes from the track and I'd stop for, uh, to get me a snack and some gas and stuff. And so I got out of my car and it was, I noticed it was like 74 degrees, but man, when I got out, I was like, the wind was blowing and I was like, Oh damn, I don't have, you know, I packed for that trip. I didn't even pack long pants. I had shorts on. I always carry a jacket no matter what. Uh, Come I have on, Robert, been, you always got to carry pants. Remember our weather no, episode? No, no, I don't need to carry pants to the summer nationals uh, as long as you have a jacket. Uh, you know, I did, you know, I always carry a jacket when I go anywhere now, but up there, I, I've, I don't know if I've told you about the, the baseball tournament that I had to cover in the suburbs of Chicago in the middle of June that time where we had to have blankets. It was freezing. So I'm not going to go up into northern Illinois without a jacket or, you know, some stuff. So, so, you know, it was, it was chilly. Uh, you get down to, uh, I guess, Tri-City. And I think I, I put in my notes earlier that it was like in the 72 or 70 something when the show ended last year. And it was like that same temperature right in the middle of time trials this year. So huge difference. You know, uh, Tri-City is always like about 117 degrees for some reason. And this year it was in the mid 70s. So, uh, uh, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start. Uh, the racing, like you said, was really, really good. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think there are any like race of the year candidates in there or anything like that, but this, the comedy level was off the charts. I think that last, uh, night there or the, not the last night, but the night there that, uh, at Fairbury, every series champion from last year back to 2005 was in attendance Old and they all made field. the and they all made the race they all right. made the feature all right so then you also had two other 
champions, the 2000 champion of Kevin Weaver and a 2003 champion of Billy Moyer, who were also there. So you had champion lower the history. I mean, it was just like, a, it was like a summer national. If you were a, a, an old school summer nationals guy, it was just like a dream come true. Just go this, especially the last two nights to see all these guys in attendance, you know, um, you know, you know, you wish that Billy Moyer and Weaver could have made the field, made the show. So it could, because you could say, man, every champion from like 2000, almost every champion from, you know, the last two and a half decades were, were in the race. But still, it was a, it was a good, it was a good week and uh, definitely a good week well, for Brian Shirley, who, who right, wins right. three races, right? I mean, geez, that guy's, he's, you talk about RTJ, you know, being hot. So Shirley, Going back to that World of Outlaws race that he won, uh, was it Paducah? I guess. Uh, I mean, he's been he's been really hot lately. So uh, I'm anxious to see how he performs once he gets back to the World of Outlaws. Right. Well, you can put the blame on Billy Moyer not making the show Saturday at Fairbury. Weaver got second in his heat, Robert. So come on, we can't be throwing shade the B12 right now. Sorry, I. <laughs> I'm I'm stuck on I'm stuck on the Weavers. Uh, like I mentioned before, we got started on Weavers' lack of uh, safety equipment. Let's not go there. So yeah, that had me that had me uh, sidetracked wanna, for a minute. We don't, we don't kiss and tell all those details. We don't want them to get DQ'd. So uh, appreciate that, Robert. Maybe for another day, people can come up to you. We can do off the record type stuff. Uh, Kyle McFadden. This is why we part of the reason that we like to do interviews, write stories make cool videos. It's kind of like the Cinderella people cheer for him in March madness. If a team gets hot in the NFL playoffs is like a seventh or eighth seed. You know, people get behind him. They rally around him. This Tyler Emery during AMS, you know, in the PA area, just never really heard the name. I know he had one career feature win. You know, he was around that area, but to win the championship to get two feature wins with like nearly 40 cars every single night as well. It seemed like they were just unloading everywhere there in PA speed weeks. I mean, just talk about that week for him. He's probably on feeling great. He's feeling good. Like he's probably, he was probably, you know, speechless at times when you were interviewing him all week. <laughs> yes, he was, um, you know, how to like summarize his run in a nutshell. Well, it's interesting. Like I put out, <clears throat> this story on him on Monday night. And I'd even put in there, like, I don't even think like in my story, like these are my words and that story. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's fully like fair to call him a Cinderella. Yes. Cinderella in the term of, you know, he had one super late model win ever in his career since he started last year. And that was May the 13th at Marion center versus uh, I don't even, it, there were some names that we all know, but let's face it. It was a modest field and uh, he hadn't really come close to any real super late model victory up until that point. He had a few seconds last year, but really nothing that was eye catching. Right. So uh, for him to go into the series <clears throat> and, and uh, walk out of it, <clears throat> 165 points better than Greg Satterley. That's a full race. I mean, he had the championship locked up before the finale. Uh, all that he had to do at Sealand's Grove on Sunday was sign in and make sure that he had logged at least one a lap in qualifying. And that was it. 
Speak, and not speaking only of did the he, points, uh-huh. speaking of the points, just how they counted the points was absolutely wild. Like they only ran a week, and I looked at it like Tyler Murray has nearly three thousand points, so they used a high, very high point structure for it. <laughs> yeah, so three hundred points for show up. So you multiply that, and that's including Path Valley, which um, you know that was rained out on last last Tuesday. And so qualifying points and show up points counted for that. And every feature qualifier uh, got 50 points because, um, you know, they didn't start the feature. So technically it was a full nice program. So, but uh, yeah, most of those were show up points, but still, I mean, like it's the week that he put together, didn't finish outside the top five, had two wins. Yes. One was handed to him at Lincoln because Cody Overton didn't have uh, a, a legal rear suspension limiter there in the rear end of his car. And uh, Tyler came second, led most of that race, got passed. Uh, He was handed the win. That was his second win after Bedford, which he looked, I mean, just his whole week uh, came second twice, right? So he had four top two finishes and six completed features and, um only missed one dash appearance so basically how the dash worked during that speed week was uh the, the top three of both a uh, qualifying groups they uh, locked into the feature and those top three drivers would uh basically re-qualify against each other to set um you know the first six starting spots and so i mean like tyler emery didn't start worse than sixth all week long in a feature didn't start worse than third over his last five races. So, um, I mean, there's the ball game right there, right? And so Greg right. Satterley, Greg Satterley, he only qualified for one dash all week. So, I mean, that's the difference right there. So, um, but <clears throat> as far as like going back to the Cinderella topic, like, yes, like him as a driver, absolutely. You know, he's, he is your equivalent of a maybe 9, 10, 11 seed in the NCAA tournament, making a run and winning the championship, right? And so by a wide margin. So, um, but in terms of the car that he's driving, that cameraman motorsports number 72, I mean, Jason Covert drove that car the last nine years before him. So, uh, and won a lot of races. So uh, that's a very good car. It's a top tier car in the Northeast. And so certainly capable of that. Um, now that that car, you know, you know, Jason Covert, he'll say the same thing. And uh, it's definitely a top tier car. It's just, you know, they hadn't really had all the pieces together around that car the last handful of years. And it's nobody's fault. It's just things haven't aligned for them to maximize their potential like they did this past week. And so at it some new crew members and uh, it's really that supporting cast has really helped Tyler out tremendously. And it really showed. And yeah, I mean, just, uh, he was speechless. A lot of the times that I was talking to him after the race, like at Port Royal, the second race uh, of the week there last Saturday, I mean, he, he had a 40 some point lead over Greg Satterley and uh, he had finished fifth at Clinton County and second that night at, Port Royal and I walked up to Tyler. I'm like, Hey man, you're the points leader through, through, uh, through two races here. And he was just like, looked at me cross-eyed, like what the heck really me. And, uh, 
I'll be honest, after Hagerstown on Sunday, you know, because Greg Satterley won that race, third third around race of that week, that lead had been cut down to 32 points. And I was like, you know, I don't I don't think this thing is I don't think his lead's gonna last a whole lot longer. So and I was wrong. I mean, he ended up uh <laughs> mounting a hundred and sixty some point lead after Lincoln on Saturday to completely lock it up, you know, five days later. So, um, yeah, just an incredible week from him. Um, two wins and four top twos and, and win by a full race, right. in the championship. I mean, I would, I don't really think of all the drivers that ran it. I mean, Tyler Emery, Greg Satterley, Rick Eckert, Dylan Yoder, Kyle Hardy, Eddie Carrier, you know, uh, Matt Cosner, Jeff Ryan, Jason Covert, Dan Stone. I mean, that's the top 10 in points. I mean, more than half of those guys have won national touring features, right? So um, for Tyler Emery to walk in there versus a, a stout, solid field of cars every night, 40-plus cars pretty much every single night, uh, 20 of those really solid cars and, and teams. And so for him to do what he did um, for sure was uh, – you know, we'll see how long this carries him for. And um, I'm I'm sure that, you know, like Greg Satterley made a comment and this is this will be the last thing I'll I'll say here for now. But um, like Tyler Emery, you know, he's not going to the firecracker this weekend. I, I asked him, hey, like you should go to the firecracker. Like, you know, people are going to be watching you. Eyes are going to be on you. National touring race not too far from, you know, where you were racing all week. And. He, he was like, yeah, I was talking with Satterley about that. And he was like, <clears throat> Tyler was like, I don't think I belong out there. And then, you know, Greg uh, Satterley was like, <clears throat> I think you should reconsider that. So um, right now, Tyler Emery and team is not going out to Lernerville. They'll be at, at uh, Winchester for their 7,000 to win feature. But who knows? Maybe they'll maybe have a change of plans. But yeah incredible week from him for sure come on tyler get to firecracker all eyes will be on you like uh you know just like kyle said like get out there put on a show wax them and you know say hey we belong to be in there but kovac where's this like rank up in history of being a speed week's champion i i was trying to figure out equivalent to like a guy winning illinois speed week like what type of guy that would be that would win that i mean that it's just come out of nowhere, really. I mean, especially after Kyle listed all those guys that ran the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I was – it's amazing, really. I mean, I, I look at that like, wow, this is one of the best coming out performances of anybody, I mean, that I can even remember ever. Uh, I mean, you went into that. He had one feature win at that Marion Center, like, like, uh, uh, like Kyle said. I mean, just a regular weekly show out there. And then he goes and every week, every race, he's starting no worse than sixth. He's right up front. He wins a championship. Uh, and uh, I mean, this is not a, this wasn't a series that just had a handful of guys run it. That was like, well, if you run the thing, you'll win. You, you have a chance to win it. You know, this is, you had to perform. It was tough competition. It, it was tough just to qualify for every night. Um, and then that's what's so impressive. I, and I saw his name pop up there right at the start of the week. Uh, you know, running up front, and I'm like, man, he, he's really he's taking a step. And again, I'm thinking, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he might get another top five or so. 
who who could have like predicted that? I mean, his odds at the beginning of that week would have been pretty astronomical. You had some heck of a payoff if you would have put the money on him to win uh, win the championship. Uh, a second year guy, basically. You know, I mean, he ran with as a teammate to to Jason Covert. Obviously, he learned a lot too uh, with it. I, I don't even probably Tyler like doesn't even realize how how much he can't process how how important that how big that was for. For his career, and it's a it's a race. A lot of midweek shows too, so it got a lot of attention. I'm sure across the country, a lot of people know Tyler Emery's name that never heard of him before. Uh, you know, it's a, especially with Kyle there too, and covering all the races and, and writing about him each night. And uh, I mean, I, I guess you could think a little. I was trying to think of something that could be equivalent. And and Carson Ferguson did win a Spring Nationals title last year. It was his first full super late model season. And he also already now he's got two of them, two in a row. Uh, and, and that, but still, you think about that, and it's it's not the same as this speed week where like spring national still was spread out, and it wasn't a uh, they didn't have what, what 16 guys ran the entire uh Appalachian Mountain Speed Week, I believe, and it did every race. And it's in a compact, you know, where you're running, uh, you, you have to be ready to go each night. It, it's a little more grueling than just running on some weekends over the course of a couple months. So it really, you, you, Tyler Emery needs a big pat on the back for, for like coming out and, and, and doing what he just did. I mean, it's, it just doesn't happen in, in super late model racing where uh, a guy's going to come that has so little experience comparable to everyone else and, and, and even wins in this career. I mean, you don't see guys win championships that don't have a lot of uh, a lot of wins already. And uh, man, great it, job by Tyler. Kind of almost People like, know him now. It kind of almost be like if Tommy Shepard Jr. His like second year out last year was kind of his first year. If you know, if he came out on one Illinois Speed Week, but he had like he had like three or four mm-hmm. wins leading up to the summer night, like Speed Week. So I don't know. I was just trying to compare some. And all in all, it's just a freaking. Badass it's, thing, I'm sure. I, mean, I, I, I can't even think. I mean, Robert would probably be able to even, you know, mention this too. I mean, who who has just come out of like almost nowhere, really, and and won a a, a, a significant title, a significant series, Speed Week, or whatever you want to, you know, call it, phrase it as, and, and right out of the box, and, and just shock everyone like that. I mean, I, I mean, I can't put enough emphasis on what. Tyler Emery did. I mean, he beat a guy that Greg Sally, who won a national tour, Rick Eckert, who's won a national championship uh, in the dream. I mean, like that was damn good what he did. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, that, like you said, comparing uh, this title to uh, a title won by say like Carson did you know stretched out over three or four months or two months even three months it's just so different uh it is uh it is way way different i think uh and even uh, derek you know you said the illinois speed week that's only like four nights this was a little bit longer this was a whole different animal this was uh uh this is more like uh almost more like a ray cooks southern nationals type deal uh and you just don't you don't see uh rookies um guys with very few wins you don't see you go look back at ray cook's uh southern nationals you don't see guys without experience without many wins winning that deal you know you got guys like uh madden and overton and and those guys and mcdowell and those guys that are winning those races and and winning those championships so so this was definitely a, a unique thing as far as illinois 
you know, I don't, I don't want to throw like shade on anybody and say, Oh, you're, you know, if you won this, you'd be a huge upset. But, you know, a Tommy Shepard Jr. is the first person I thought of, Derek, actually, like you. And but then I thought to myself, but you know, he's won seven or eight races. He won he went on right. like he's won like a Mars race. And so he's won some races. Um, so then I'm like, who else in Illinois would kind of shock you if they say they came out and won the the entire first week of the dirt car summer nationals? Because that's kind of what it would be compared to now. Right. Uh five or six races of what like Shirley did. Uh, you know, what if a guy like Blaze Burwell, for instance, came out and won the, the right. Illinois, won right. the first That's week cool. of the, the, you know, the dirt car summer nationals, I think we'd all be like, oh, wow, this guy has, you know, has really put on a hell of a performance for the week. And, and I don't mean that any disrespect to, to Blaze Burwell, but I think if he were to come out, cause if he, you know, if a guy comes out and has one good night, everybody's like, ah, you know, it's a good night. You know, it's a good night for you. you picked up a win, you know, finished fifth in points, blah, blah, blah. But when you come out and you win two races, you come out and you put together, like Kyle said, four top two finishes and you win the points over, as Kevin mentioned, guys who have been on the, at the national level for a long time. Uh, that's, that is special. So I think if a guy like say a blaze Burwell came out and did that and won the, won the first leg of the dirt car summer nationals i think we'd all be going like wow you know that was very impressive and uh it's the same thing and and the thing is i'd heard of tyler emory but like i mentioned in fast talk i knew nothing about him i didn't know if he'd won one race or 20 races i didn't know if he'd ever started a late model race or won 30 crate races i had, I had no idea i knew nothing about the guy so for a guy to come out a driver to come out and win a race like that 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 a couple of us have never heard of, you know, um, you know, didn't know much about, I guess I should say that is even more impressive, you know? So, so kudos to him, you know, for putting together a hell of a, and I, I didn't know until today, I guess maybe, you know, I, again, I was with this, uh, uh, you know, summer nationals all week. So I didn't know until just now, until five minutes ago that he was driving the car that covert drove, uh, you know, for, for so long. That explains a lot. That is a good ride. You know, that is a, that is a, a, a good car. Like, uh, you know, Kyle mentioned it's, a, uh, it's been a competitive ride for Jason. Uh, and Jason was a hell of a driver for that team as well. So, uh, so that explains a lot that, you know, you're in a, a car that's competitive. That makes a big difference. You know, what if, uh, and I'm, I'm going to, I'll just throw this out there and then move on. And, you know, what if Kyle Larson, what if Kyle Larson drove my equipment every time he raced? Yeah. Would people, I'm not sure hundred, I'm not really sure people would be saying he's the best driver in the world, you know, uh, because Kyle Larson has a, has. Unless he won in to it, get in then the, we definitely would. Oh, well, unless he won in it. Now, if he won, you know, 60% of his starts in my equipment, he would be, he would be a miracle worker, Ever. you know, <laughs> uh, he would be beyond the best driver in the world. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, but say, you know, like a Kyle Larson, for instance, has a, the ability to put himself in good equipment every time, every time he goes to race, he doesn't get in bad equipment. And so that makes a big difference when you have the ability to get in good equipment. And clearly, uh, Tyler Emery was sitting in good equipment all week and, uh, and took advantage of it. I kind of mentioned just about that too. Like that it is good equipment, but yeah, one thing, Jason Covert, I don't think, has had like a six or seven race stretch over the last couple of years that Tyler Emery no, just put. I mean, I think Jason would even say that. I mean, that 
that he was really good. You maybe you think about it though, like I mean, it was a two-car team last year, so resources now all going to Emory probably helped that. But man, it, he he did better than Jason Covert has done in that thing, in that in that team with that team uh, in recent in recent times. Uh, so everything it's just unbelievable. It's just I mean, every time you talk about every aspect of what Tyler Emery pulled off, I I just think it's just pretty amazing. He he was a, that was pretty pretty cool deal. Uh, how was Sam this week, Robert? Was he smoking cigs, loving life, hot, good moods, or what? You know, Sam was was typical Sam. He was uh, uh, it was early in the week, and so uh, early in the series, you know. So of course, uh, he uh didn't have you know his his drivers meetings were calm, and and there was no like uh, it was no like uh, yelling or cursing or you know, no one got upset. Uh, it was just too early to to right. be to be hardcore Sam. It was laid back Sam. Well, me and Kovac have seen Sam Driggers at Kankakee to start off summer nationals hot and heavy in like 20, <laughs> oh, well, whatever it was, when all those guys got busted for tires. And he was all uh, fired oh, up. Well, so we've seen it. So he, was, like, he came right out of the driver's meeting, right out, right out of the box. He was letting them have it, right, Derek? Yeah, but I'm sure he's probably on the inside smiling, you know, ear to ear, especially that first week. Like you said, though, you expected those guys to be here. But then you have, like, Billy Moyer Jr. I saw Chris Simpson's going to run a whole bunch this coming up week. So I think that's what you're going to see the rest of Summer Nationals is guys like that tier going to come in and try to win maybe a week or two of the points fun, as well as guys like Bob Gardner. I'm sure Fager will run a whole bunch. Uh, hopefully Ashton Winger and Tyler Clint continue to run as well. But then you had like Forrest Trent up there who I'm like, man, why is he up here? That's pretty cool to see there as well. Everybody wants to tackle the summer nationals at least once. Uh, Kovac, I said I was going to come back. I was to just gonna, I, I, let me just say, oh, let me say that I, I got a message. I, I actually messaged Forrest and uh, Forrest is going to do the second week as well. So, uh, so when I messaged him and he was always already on his way to Missouri. And so, uh, so yeah, for sure. Uh, seeing those guys, uh, Tyler Clem and Winger and Forrest. And I know Fager has Missouri on his schedule as well. So I'm really interested to see how all of those guys uh, compete, how they are competitive against each other and battling for points now that some of these national stars have moved on. Yeah, I mean, if you're Jason Fager, you got a good payday for finishing second points as well and had good solid runs. So I could, I could see him continue. Uh, you know, running that series, especially around his neck of the woods there. Uh, Kovac, I said I was going to back to a Lucas Oil question. And, you know, I always kind of just take a look at the race, uh, you know, race wire pages and stuff like that. I was clicking on it this morning. Um, the Lucas Oil points battle uh, is like, J.D., is he going to get into this thing? Because he's, he's in six right now. I don't know. It just seems like all – I mean, Overton has kind of struggled, but he's still in third. I don't think anybody's going to catch Hudson and Ricky Thornton Jr. I think those, I mean, I'll make a book it right now. I think those two will guarantee to be in the final four spots. But then you have Moran. He's starting to get better. Uh, Dalt Wilson's hanging around. Like, it. we predicted these four at the beginning of the year, but it's not looking like that right now. You have two guys outside the top four that maybe you're like, okay, yeah. going into it, they were going to be in it. Uh, yeah, you look at it right now. I mean, Hudson and Ricky Thornton have been – much more consistent, uh, you know, finishes than Overton, 
uh, McCready and uh, and Davenport and Moran. I mean, De- Devin has that show me 100 inherited win, but I mean, he he hasn't really set the world on fire since you know, like for for most of the year, he hasn't. It, it's kind of almost surprising that he's fifth right now. And I think he'd even say that he he was really he struggled really bad on a at Smoky Mountain. He still said he said he still hasn't figured out those uh those southern race tracks. Uh, he still needs right. a lot more practice on that red clay. Uh, but one if you're really if you you do like you said, Derek, take Hudson and and Thor, and I, I don't see how they don't finish in the top four. There they got a good they got a little bit of a cushion now too. It's gonna Overton, Davenport, and McCready. One of those guys won't be in that top four. It, it, it looks like for Eldor for the dirt track world championship. That'd be, that'll be pretty, it was, it was kind of before at the beginning of the year, we probably were thinking Hudson or Ricky Thornton. I mean, a lot, everybody had the same kind of top right, five, the and, of the year, we you know, really and now it's like Hudson and Thornton, right. Hudson and Thornton was that one guy that maybe, maybe wouldn't, if Overton did the whole thing and, right. you know, Overton now struggled too this That's past weekend. Yeah. Yeah, so now, like, man, it, it will be interesting to see that that top four. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure this is the year that, too, Ricky Thornton or, or, or Hudson, if they continue the way they're going, they'll probably be like, gosh, darn it. Why couldn't – I mean, this is the year that we would, we don't want this top four deal. We could have won – we'd have been one, two in the points maybe because you could really see those other three, those are the guys that are so good at Eldora. Ricky Thornton was good there. Hudson was good. But those other three are the guys that are really good. Um if they finish third and fourth, they're going to probably still be the favorite to win the championship because it's at Eldora. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. I, my question is to, to anyone, uh, any of you guys, how, I mean, we've talked about the Lucas oil point structure, but say Ricky Thornton jr. Does go, go ahead and continues number one in our poll. He goes ahead and he continues to dominate the season. Say he does. And then a guy who barely gets in, a guy who's finishes, say McCready, say it's McCready, who's really good at Eldora on the long runs, say he comes and wins that race. Yep. What's what are your thoughts on the championship then uh, at that point? I mean, I just don't I, I'm still so against it that I just want to know what y'all's thoughts are because I'm still I still think we'll Ricky Thornton Jr. is the champion. Yeah, we'll let Kyle go first. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of like the discussion of why they pay the top four so much more money. So if you got fourth, you're still getting more money than he did last year as the champion. So Kyle, what's what's your overall thoughts? Say you're you're Ricky Thornton, you're dominating all year, and then a guy like JD or Tim McCready or even Overton sneak in, and then they they can become the champion. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I was just looking through dream results to see where Ricky even ended up, and he came fourth, right? But you know, let's face it. I mean, his track record at Eldora is nowhere near comparable to to McCready, and you know, McCready's track record at Eldora is nowhere near compared to a Jonathan Davenport. So, I just, uh, yeah, I'm so against it too. Like, it just, like, where did they, where did they get the idea from? Let's face it, NASCAR, right? Like, can we not copy and paste, please? You know, like. This is like no, like we just let's try it this year. I'm 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 all for trying it, right? And let's see how it works. But you know, let's just please let's abort this as quickly as possible and get back to what we know it to be. And you know, I mean, look, I mean the 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 points battle is actually like Hudson and Ricky Thornton Jr. in 
I mean, it's been an old school points battle between those two so far, right? I mean, they've gone back and forth, it seems. You know, every month, one of those two has kind of bounced back and forth and reclaimed the spotlight. And, you know, they've, they've, they put on a good show. And unfortunately, like, when we probably get to Eldora, it's, it's those two, unless if they, they happen to find something that week at Eldora, they're probably not going to be the favorite, even going into the championship race. You know, it's either going to be Overton or McCready right now. If we had to run the, the, the dirt track world championship tomorrow, Ricky Thornton Jr. And Hudson O'Neill wouldn't even be the favorites, right? Which is stupid. So, um, but yeah, it's just dumb. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. They need to change it, but that's, that's my thoughts on it. So, yeah. All right. The last, last minute to two minutes, uh, Maybe, maybe some people don't need to listen to it. We might cut it out. Just kidding. But uh, if you're a Lucas Oil guy, just cut through those three or four minutes there. Uh, but all in all, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's a double-edged sword. They're adding more money into it. So in their eyes at Lucas Oil, they're like, hey. That is true. true. I know it's not But, like, you can say no matter what. Drivers weren't very – some drivers weren't that happy when they made the announcement. Fans especially because they don't like that because a lot of fans in dirt racing don't want to be compared to, to NASCAR. So – so just an uh, evolving door, but if you even get fifth in the points, you're getting equivalent to what the champion has gotten. You know, pretty much the majority of my dirt on dirt career. You know, that seventy five thousand dollar paycheck. So if JD or Mac, they don't get in the top four, they win the dirt track, they're going to be going home with one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. So a lot of money to be on the line there. But uh, if somehow Kyle goes missing for here in the next three or four days. Uh, I will come find you, Kyle. Don't worry about that. So, uh, Kyle, to find Kyle, yeah, I, I, there. There, there could be some. I agree. I mean, with you, I, Kyle. I, I, would, I, I, I mean, I'm like, you. I would, yeah, well, we'll have to look for him. Mean, he might be, uh, he might be, you know, putting the in the uh, the 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 pond at Eldora or something, maybe, but uh, but yeah, it, it, hey, it, it's it's uh, it, it's acceptable, you know, you know, thoughts on it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of it either. I mean, I would really not be happy to see Ricky Thornton and Hudson O'Neill in this maybe great battle for the championship, which would be, you know, unexpected considering you're always thinking Davenport McCready and Overton because Overton's doing the series would be in there, but, um, and then somebody sneak in there because they're so good at a certain track. Uh, I mean, Thornton, Thornton is, it, it would really be great. I mean, if Thornton ends up going and then wins that thing too, which I can mean the way his season is going. Right. I wouldn't That's doubt. very possible because he was good. I mean, if that if that uh, dream didn't rubber up, I think Ricky Thornton's pro- might be in that mix too with Madden and Davenport. He probably was. I think sure. he might have been just as good as them. Vinny Giuliani, a Davenport's crewman, he he mentioned Ricky Thornton. You know, he saw him coming through the pack too, and but just got rubbered up, and he wasn't able to. You know, it wasn't in the right spot at the right time. But man, it would it would really. It would be a little deflating, even though they will get over a six-figure paycheck if you're in that top four, uh, to not be the, considered the champion if you win the most races, if you were so consistent all year that you are got a significant point lead maybe going into that too. But that's that's part of that deal. I mean, you're going to have to accept that. And you know uh, going into the season, this deal that's how it's going to be. I mean, that, that's know. the way it is. I mean, I, I don't like that NASCAR's done it. I don't – I mean, it, it's just – I don't feel we have a playoff thing in, in, in racing. Like that's NASCAR's keeps trying to do a playoff. You know, they call it playoffs. That's not playoffs. That's another sports. Racing has a, 
the best guy wins the cha- all year wins the championship. Um, I mean, but we're, we're there in the moment at Eldora. That's all everybody will be talking about, and that's what they're looking for to to, to get some attention for the series. And, and I'm sure it will be. There will be definitely lot, plenty of attention on those top four guys and what's going on with them. Then, uh, you know, if Ricky Thornton say would go into that already clinching it, it is what it I is. I have an idea. I have an idea. We'll we'll take all four of our salaries, and if Ricky Thornton Jr. finishes fourth in the points after having a dominant season, we'll donate it to him. Sound good? <laughs> That's, uh, I, I, Derek's always throwing out kind of gambling things. That's what he's, but I don't know. I think he, he's actually doing, right. All I know is I don't want a million dollars from him already for the dream. Right. Because he put through that bet. I, yeah. And I, I, I didn't take that bet, but I, and I know, I think he's doing pretty decent too, uh, in the, the flow racing night in America deal. Right. I mean, with your betting with Rigsby, I zero, think yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I right on, they're even, high. still even. So he's good. But again, I don't know how Derek's doing with his other sports betting though. So some, I don't know. Is it, is it going good this year? You're retired. You know, hey, he's yeah, married he's now retired. with kids. He's not allowed married to be, kids. he can't be going crazy. betting. Got a kid's college. That's fund. right. Uh, exactly. But, but all in all this last week, I, we can agree. It kind of felt more of like a dirt late model feel to it. Like we had great storylines. We kind of had like a little drama there at Smoky Mountain, you know, with the racetrack, but there wasn't too much chaos. A lot of different winners. You got the Cinderella story. So I don't know. It felt felt really good just, you know, being at the track, watching you guys with your stories. Uh, it was awesome. I think it kind of felt like more of like maybe pre-COVID a little bit. That was just my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree, but that's that was my general mantra for that whole thing. But all in all, great weekend. Uh, so we got to finish the show with one more thing. Good discussion, guys. I liked today's. It was a great episode. Uh, we'll go with Robert. Big shot Bob. Do not, do not turn in Weaver. We're not doing that. I'm not. I'm not going to rat him out. Uh, you know, he's still. He's still. A, you know, I like the guy. I'm not going to rat him out for not having the proper whatever. Uh, my one more thing uh, this week. Uh, I was just. Uh, I was just noticing down through. In fact, I think I mentioned this during uh, uh, during fast talk that. Um, what did what the hell did I mention during fast talk? Does anybody remember what I mentioned in fast talk? Kevin, do you remember what I mentioned in fast talk by chance? <laughs> I don't know. What oh, the Jesus. hell did I mean? What did you mention? I don't. I don't <laughs> well, remember which topic. But... Go to I'm someone else, which Derek. Topic you're I'll come. About. I'll come. I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come back to me, Derek. I can't remember what I mentioned in fast talk. That's what I was gonna say. I'll come back to me. Kyle, pitch hitter, or that's the pitch pitcher. You're coming that's... in. He did warm up, so right. he got his arm. I'll, the I'll buy off. Robert some more time by smoothing over my comments before I get to my one more thing about the Final Four deal. <laughs> you, you also have to do, right? A Brandon Overton and Jonathan Downport, maybe they wouldn't have joined the series if they made those, you know, changes to the championship format, which has added, you know, those two have been, I would say, nice additions there to the series. So, you know, there's multiple angles that you could look at it, but. Anyways, um, my one more thing, you know, I'd be remiss to not mention Jim Bernheisel on the show too when we're talking about Appalachian Mountain Speed Week and his efforts to not only revive it, but I mean, I don't think he could ask for anything more, right? 16 drivers full of, that ran the whole week. I mean, back when I covered, you know, Pennsylvania Sprint Speed Week two years ago, you know, they had 14 
sprint car drivers run that whole week and PA sprint speed weeks a huge deal. It's been around a long time. And so, um, they have 16 drivers run the whole week and like 20 plus were on the, you know, had perfect attendance for most of the way through. So, um, just hats off there to Jim Bernheisel and that whole, and his whole crew. And, uh, he has a, um, three year agreement with all, his sponsors and just everybody that, that had supported uh, the speed week deal this year. So it'll not only be back next year, but you know, he has a long-term plan in place. And so um, only imagine that it's up from here. So it's great to see. I'm pumped about it, you know, being in the Northeast here and all the races were on flow too. And I suspect they'll be back again on the flow platform next year based off of what I've heard there from Jim Bernheisel and a lot of positive feedback too. Right. Um, so streaming certainly uh, gave the series a huge leg up there as well. So um, awesome week and uh, can't wait to do it again next year. Uh, regardless, if we see you in a milk carton here the next week, we will find you. <laughs> but uh, good, uh, yeah, AMS, Jim Bernheisel and company, they did, they did great. Uh, glad they brought it back after you know a few year hiatus. Uh, Robert Holman, you got yours now. Oh yeah, I I do remember what I'd mentioned in Fast Talk, and uh, I did have to go back and, and double check. But and I think we maybe have mentioned it on here before. You might have actually mentioned, you know, of course about uh, uh, Bel Claire, about the uh, the city, you know, with its uh, fourteen, I guess fourteen million dollars or whatever that the city has kind of put towards uh, uh, Bel Claire Speedway to upgrade that. So it would be, you know, kind of in our summer nationals theme, it would be great, hopefully next year, maybe to see Belle Claire open again and back on the summer nationals schedule, which would be awesome. Uh, I've been scheduled to go there three times and it's been rained out every single time. So maybe don't schedule me to go there. So we actually get the race in. And then uh, I'll, the other thing about that little track there, you know, which is just, I guess 20 miles outside of, of St. Louis is I thought it would be great if that track is just, I'm throwing out a suggestion here for Belle Claire for the people who are going to run it. Uh, maybe they put together a three or five race little series and call it like the, the road to gateway. Cause there's very few places in America where a guy can go and get some practice on a, such a small track. And, and kind of tra- that could where it could translate to the, the gateway dirt nationals. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of uh, my suggestion when the place does get open three or three to five races uh, gateway, the road to gateway and have a little deal where, you know, guys can come in and, you know, race for some good money and get some practice there before they go to the gateway dirt nationals. I have a perfect idea, Robert Holman. We can run, since it's in mid-December, we can run Thanksgiving weekend, first weekend in December, and then second weekend in December. And then, you know, we'll have a little points battle going up to Gateway. Maybe the winner of the points is automatically in. Uh, I don't dislike it, but you know as well as I do, it gets a little <laughs> chilly. It gets a little chilly up there uh, that time of, that time of year. Don't be surprised if somebody so. did that, though. Don't be surprised if I think somebody it's actually a, I think, that. I think it should happen. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, Kevin, Co- actually, Kovac, I, I think I'll go. Uh, this weekend, uh, are you ready for Chubb and Boom Row? You know, because I know Boom will be able to be at the Firecracker this year. And last year, we had uh, so many 
uh, relationships to Boom Nation and Chubro. We had so many relation like workers, buddies. I think they had like nine or ten cars there. So I can't imagine this week when you got Max Blair there and Boom Briggs. So if you're in the area, go check out their little section over there down there because the Rush late models are uh, racing for twenty grand. So you have a whole bunch of like I think Boom and Chubbs like nephews and grandkids. I don't know. I can't keep track of all of them. Uh, so if you're there, go down there, get some autographs, check them out. And, uh, you know, uh, they're always good people down there. So if you're in the Warnerville firecracker this weekend, be sure to go check out boom nation and chub row that are on the, I think it's like the East side of the pits down towards the back stretch, way down there at the very end, like going into turn three. So that's one more, my one more thing, be sure to check out and don't be shocked if one of them wins this weekend as well. Go back. How about you? Well, I will. I was going to mention the Lernerville uh, Firecracker 100. It's a little bit different format too this year. They're going with the twin uh, twin features each night, splitting the field deal uh, instead of just having one 30 lapper like uh, the Firecrackers had on Thursday right. and Friday for for most of the most of the you know since it went to a three day format. Um, and let me just exp- let's hope also for good weather. I don't like the looking at the forecast. And I'm sure Rick Swally is probably having another, uh, you know, <laughs> conniption there, <laughs> like the way things have been going for him, looking at the forecast and seeing rain, 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 rain too many times. That's been a forecast many times at Eldor, I mean, at, excuse me, at Lernerville and races have gotten in. So let's not uh, say that that's a, that it's going to be washed out or anything, but it's ha- it's too often that that race has had those kind of forecasts. Last year was so great where it was was wonderful all week long uh, that it just said sunny, 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 and it was the best weather ever for the firecracker. And would like to see that, but all right, just early, per, you know, early looking in. It's it doesn't look like that, but I wasn't expecting it to be great again. But let me look at that. Tell you about that Boom Nation deal too. Boom Nation, Chub Nation. Uh, talk to Shane Winans, Boom's crew chief at Smoky Mallet. And it looks like at probably at least 10 cars will be in the field for uh, in that group. Six of them will just be from Boom, Max Blair, and, uh, and, Boom, and uh, Chubb. They're all going to run double duty. They're all going to have a crate car too. So that's six. There's going to be at least two Boom nephews. Uh, there's another affiliated driver, maybe at least two other affiliated drivers to that to the group i mean and again like there could be grandkids there could be sons and they have so many uh relations over there with where we're, you know they, they they all are together uh they, they they could have their own bonfire a huge party all those uh the boom nation but they might not be in the same spot that's the one thing i wanted to mention to you derek remember they were down there like after when the cars come off the racetrack out of turn three that boom chub row was that little section back there to the right uh, Shane is hoping that they get up in the top, uh, way in the top left corner of the pits, uh, you know, towards kind of behind the Hoosier truck and the, the Lucas oil truck that will be there. They wind along that fence. That's their favorite spot. That's like, I don't know. They, they're more in the mix of like even the campers there because they're right outside the camping area. And I think right. everybody can like, you know, yell to them. They hope to get that. But that's going to take some coordination for all those uh, trailers to get there at the right time. Or they might have to get some little move the trailers around to save some spaces. So we'll see where they're parked at. That's where they hope to be. They might end up being down low. Regardless, Firecracker 100 this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, $50,000 to win, $20,000 for the Rush Crate late models. Maybe we can see a Chubb 
for Boom Nation get the win there as well. Uh, we'll see if T Mac can defend his title, which by the way, no one has ever won back to back in Firecracker history. So we'll see if T Mac can prove the prove the stats and history wrong. Uh, we got Summer Nationals this weekend. We got the World of Outlaws out eighty one there in Kansas, thirty large on Saturday. Plenty of regional coverage. We'll have race wire. Great stories by these three studs. I know Todd Turner's out with the Summer Nationals. He'll get some good content as well. Be just sure be sure to just Keep your browsers locked in at DirtOnDirt.com and all the live races. We have a plethora of them at Flow Racing. Uh, Until next time, this is the Dirt Reporters. I'm Derek Kessinger. Thank you for watching.